This is DeAndre Ayton. Your radio team brings you all the games and all the insight in between on the Section 113 Podcast with Travis Demers and Michael Holton. Welcome in to another edition of the Section 113 Podcast, everybody. Along with Michael Holton, I'm Travis Demers. Happy to have you with us. The Blazers right now in the middle of a five-game losing streak. And since we talked to you last, they have lost three in a row games at L.A. in a very tough game with the Lakers one that got away late against the Utah Jazz and then against Cleveland, uh, a, a tough one. And, Michael, you look at the Trailblazers right now, and injuries have continued to take a toll. Um, fortunately, there haven't been any more since we last did a Section 113 podcast, but they have, have really beaten down this team a little bit. Yeah, I mean, injuries are, are a part of the game, but – when they come in bunches and when they come to your starting backcourt as early as opening night, you know, you find yourself as a team trying to, to steady the ship and, and find ways to stay in games. And we've seen this team do that. I mean, play uh, the right way, play hard, create easy baskets, uh, try to live off their defensive intensity. Uh, but we've seen it be a, a challenge to sustain for 48 minutes based on the roster and the adversity. Yeah, with that, the the Trailblazers are down to one healthy roster guard. Would you consider Shaden Sharp a guard? Uh, yes, I would consider him uh, worthy of that title. He's able to handle the ball. He's able to play in pick and roll. He's able to defend guard. So, yes, I would say that Shaden Sharp can be classified as a guard. Yeah, I he- – He's not a point guard, right? He he is a two guard that can can handle the ball and be a playmaker if needed. I don't see him as a small forward, but when you look at at ball handlers and you know guys who can initiate offense and be playmakers, Anthony Simons is out, Scoot Henderson is out, Malcolm Brogdon is out. Um, it, it sounds like the most likeliest to return soon would be Malcolm Brogdon, although we we don't know that. So right now you've got Skylar Mays running the point guard. So let's talk about him for a minute. And what he's been able to do, he had three straight games of 10-plus assists. He had a couple double-doubles against Cleveland. He had 10 points and what, I think five assists in there. And the things that he's been able to do after being converted to a standard contract from a two-way deal, he's proven that he belongs in the league. Um, His game isn't your your typical point guard in 2023. He's not a shoot-first um, he's more of a, a playmaking set up teammates around him, which you don't see a ton anymore. No, he's he's not today's pick and roll point guard. Yeah. Where you start with the pick and roll and you let your point guard read coverages and set the table for everybody to have opportunity. He's capable of that. I don't think that that's necessarily the strength of his game. But Skyler Mace is a quarterbacking type of point guard and that he's always surveying the defense. He's always looking downfield, if you will. But, Travis, what we've seen is necessity is the mother of invention. Mm -hmm. Uh, And this team has needed offense. And if you look at the five-game losing streak, the struggles could could be tied to offensive lapses and and gaps in scoring. So Skyler Mays has all of a sudden had to tweak his game to try to step into that void and score more. Uh, And he was able to get scoring and assist initially because his scoring and keeping the defense honest 
created opportunities and spacing for others. But as scouting catches up with you, all of a sudden now there's a need to recalibrate. Right. And there is a lack of shooting. There's a lack of scoring. You can only expect your your big guys to come up with big plays and every single play so often. And, you know, really, you know, up and down the board right now, the, the main players, main rotation guys of this team are playing a ton of minutes, like you said, out of necessity. And I think we saw Shaden Sharp run out of gas a little bit against Cleveland. Didn't play a ton in the second half. He was playing 40 minutes a night for a few games and only played 27 against the Cavaliers. He was he was struggling. And I'm not making an excuse for him. But the reality of the situation is, is when when you play guys for 40, 41, 42 minutes for three, four, five straight games, whether they're 20 years old or not, at some point, they're going to run out of gas. Yeah, and you no, know, Travis, you're not making an excuse. We're providing uh, an explanation for the the adversity tied to injury that we are we're seeing this team experience. Yeah, and I'll put it this way: you know, you got guys playing a lot of minutes, Travis, but you also have guys playing a lot of minutes at a time where you have so many new guys on the team getting minutes that you have to shrink your playbook. So now you have less movement. And so the defense has not rotated. While guys are playing more minutes, there's fewer gaps and opportunity. And so we're seeing kind of this unperfect storm of how do you break down defenses when you can't go deep into your playbook because guys are still learning to play together. Right. And when you look at what this team does well, it's getting loose balls, um, offensive rebounds, those those hustle plays, right? The things where you need energy to do that. And the energy the last few games has not quite been there as much. And, you know, Chauncey Billups talked about that after the game against Utah. So I thought they won all the hustle stats all day. And, you know, for us, that's just kind of what we do. That's the only way we can compete, you know, being so hurt up. We got to be able to win this hustle game. And we didn't win it tonight. And... Um, they did. You got to give them a lot of credit. They did it. I mean, shoot, I guess 16 offensive rebounds. That's what they do. I um, mean, we knew that and we tried to prepare for it and shoot, they get seven in the first quarter. So that was tough. Um, but they did what they had to do. You got to give them credit. We just didn't play well enough. So when the other team is beating you at what you do best, especially as undermanned as you are right now, you're going to have a hard time winning games. Yeah. And so, Energy and effort are, are what you hang your hat on. Coaches teach execution. Players bring energy and effort. And that's what this team has been doing. Playing hard enough and well enough that the execution has been good. But scouting in the NBA is, is just so significant in that all of a sudden you're playing hard, but it becomes harder to play well because teams start taking away your go-tos and shrinking the floor and doubling your primary scores. And and so now we're seeing the team need to now go to another level. And I thought the Cleveland game exposed that because Cleveland is a physical, hard-playing team. And we saw the difference when you're, when you're healthier and you're playing hard. And Chauncey Billa spoke to the challenge that that creates. Right. And you look at the guys that are getting minutes now. We've seen Dwap Reith make his NBA debut, and he, he's an interesting guy. We'll get into him in a minute, but you're seeing him getting big minutes. You're seeing Chris Murray playing rotation minutes, and he, he hadn't done that before. Um, we've seen 
Jamari Bouye get you know point guard minutes and some pretty big minutes the last few nights for a guy that is you know fresh out of the G League and you know just signed on you know, last Sunday morning for the game against the Lakers. So you're you're seeing deeper down the rotation, but you know there there are some encouraging things about that, and we saw it against Utah. We certainly saw it against the Lakers. And Chauncey Billups saw that as well in the first half against Cleveland. I came in at halftime. I was I was so encouraged, you know, um, at halftime. I think we was down, I mean, I think maybe eight, seven or eight. But I thought we didn't play great. But, man, we were just in there. We was in there. You know, we was in there scrapping, fighting, clawing. Every time they made a run, we found a way to, you know, to stop the bleeding and, and get back into it. Um, so I loved our fight there. Um and in third quarter, you know, I thought third quarter we played, you know, we played them even in the third quarter. And then they jumped out, you know, obviously and got away from us uh, in the fourth. So some encourage, some encouraging things for sure. But eventually the talent, the experience, the continuity, all of those things when you're playing a tough team are going to win out. Absolutely. Teams that have played longer together have an advantage. And as the season progresses, Chemistry becomes a currency in yeah. games. And so we're seeing with this Blazer team, the the development of chemistry in real time in games. And I can relate to it, Travis. I, I've been a guy that has joined a team in season on a 10-day contract, trying to learn the plays in the hotel, and, and then go to the arena and all of a sudden the other team shows up. And you're trying to figure out what your role is. Yeah. So what we're seeing with this team now is guys that are capable of playing hard and being competitive, but we don't have role identification and they don't know. I, I, I just remember a play a couple of games ago where Bouye was on the break and should have thrown the lob to Shaden Sharp and he tried to finish. Yeah. And that's not a criticism of him. It's two guys that have never been on the fast break together. Uh, and so that's just a, an example of, of what is happening before our very eyes. And that's why uh, a day off like we're experiencing today and time for guys to realize, okay, when we run that for Jeremy, you got to flatten out. You got to take your defender away. And when we run this screen row and we're trying to hit DeAndre Ayton in the pocket, you've got to move up the floor to take away the help. You know, those things take time. They do. And there are a number of players on the Trailblazers that have gone down and played G League games. Dwap Reith is one of them. What have you seen from Dwap aside from, you know, his first game he comes out and he, you know, ties the franchise record for for most threes taken uh, by, you know, big man. He's, he's hitting threes. He's making shots. He was doing a little bit of everything against the Cavaliers. And Look, he's not a young guy. He's 27 years old. He's played internationally. He's won a bronze medal. Um, he's done a lot of things in his career except for play in the NBA. And now here he is in a time where the Blazers need some depth, and he's come up with some important minutes. Duop Reith is comfortable, confident, and accepted. <laughs> and, the reason I say that, and the reason I say that is I see the type of shots that he takes and how – Comfortable he is taking them and how comfortable the team is with him taking them. Yeah. That kind of surprised me. I think it was the Laker game. Yeah. Where all of a sudden down the stretch, he was the go-to guy. And I was kind of scratching my head like, how did we get here? But it's what he does. Uh, and part of being a pro, Travis, an important part of being a pro 
is doing what you do best as often as possible. Yeah. And there was a point, and I think it was towards the end of the third quarter, even that Vreeth was the Blazers leading scorer before Jeremy ended up with 17 points, but he was a leading scorer for the Blazers in that game late in the third quarter for a guy playing in his third career game. That That's not, well, um, that's, that's not usual. Well, it, it, it wasn't the plan coming into the season. That's no. for sure. <laughs> you know, that, that Skyler Mays and DeWatt Reith would, would be needed to provide offense to be in the game. Right. You know, but that's what the team finds itself in. And nobody feels sorry for the Blazers, and the Blazers don't feel sorry for themselves. And I like the fact that, that Chauncey is transparent about how this team has to play to be competitive. With Reith being down in the G League at times, and Chris Murray and Ryan Rupair, um, and even Ish Wainwright went down there for a game. A number of guys have have gone back and forth. Obviously, the two-way players have, but some other players as well. To have that this year in your own backyard, where a lot of the things are very similar that they're they're running in the G League, that they are with the NBA club, but to be able to get those extra reps for the guys who haven't had them yet. How important is that now once they do see NBA game time that they get those extra reps and that extra practice time down with the remix? Well, it's good uh, because you want to be game ready. You want to be sharp. You want to be mentally and physically conditioned. And so going to the G league and playing versus sitting at the end of the bench is valuable. Travis, it, there is a leap, though, when you go from the G League back to the NBA. Yeah. And it's really pronounced when you're playing the top tier of NBA teams that that have chemistry. You know, there's a reach. There's a learning curve. And I think it defaults to, to role identification. You have to know who you are as a player. You have to know what your role is on the team for you to be a contributor. I want to get your thoughts on Tumani Kamara being moved into the starting lineup and more what that means for Matisse Thibel. Because there were, there were times where, you know, Thibel would start, he'd get a couple of shots. We didn't see him much in the second half. The last couple of games, and yes, I understand that the personnel situation has, has helped dictate this. But when he comes into games with the second unit, he's one of the primary scorers now. And he's getting shots. He's making shots. He's over 40% from distance the last few games. And he's showing an offensive side of his game that really nobody's seen before in the NBA. Yeah, because necessity is the mother of invention. Yeah. And this team needs offense. Matisse Thibel is a veteran player. He's been a complimentary scorer most of his career uh, and a defender. You know, a two-way player that kind of is the spot-up, space-to-floor, three-point guy. If he doesn't get a touch, it's okay. Well, it's not okay right now. Yeah. <laughs> the team needs offense, and Matisse Thibault is turning up the dial on his offense. And what we're seeing is that he doesn't lack the ability uh, to score the basketball. Uh, and what he's embracing is being more aggressive and assertive. And and the Blazers are in a stretch of the season right now where less is not more. Hmm. More is more. Yeah, it, it is. And we saw more from DeAndre Ayton against Utah. He had his best game as a Blazer, 22 points, led the team in shots for the first time as a trailblazer. He took 17 shots. Then he comes back the next night against Cleveland and against a different team, different defensively, different setup, and he didn't have the same production. 
And there are times when he's great. There are times where he doesn't get the ball enough or the passes aren't putting him in a situation where he's going to make the most out of it. And more often than not, he's been good. But what do you see from DeAndre Ayton, especially of late? Well, he's he's capable of being a go-to player. Yeah. You know, you can go to him in his spots, uh, the short roll, the pocket, the mid-range catch and shoot. Uh, over the last couple of games, we've seen some posting up uh, and, and where he's effective. I thought the challenge in the Cleveland game was he was matched up against a player with a similar build and level of athleticism in Evan Mobley. Uh, and it created some challenges. But what happens in the NBA is when that happens, you look at it on tape, the coaches huddle with you, and you come back more prepared for that type of matchup going forward. Yeah. So now going forward, you look at the next week. As we record this on Thursday, a week from today's Thanksgiving, the Blazers will have a couple of days off there, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, before going out on a long East Coast road trip. But between now and then, Lakers at home in an in-season tournament game. Oklahoma City, who is a very good team right now, at home on Sunday at Phoenix in an in-season tournament game and the second night of a back-to-back on a road home against the Utah Jazz. So you hope that Malcolm Brogdon comes back at some point during that stretch. But either way, what do you need to see continue to progress here in the next week? Uh, Defensive continuity with new guys getting extended minutes. Because I don't think the Blazers are at a point right now where they're going to outscore people or overpower people offensively. So the defense is going to have to be connected and the game plan discipline to take away what the opposition does best is going to be critical to, to to winning games. The offense right now continues to have stretches where they're not scoring. We saw it at the end of the game against Memphis. We saw it in chunks against Cleveland. We saw it in chunks against Utah. So the the defensive things and and bringing opponents scoring down when you're not able to score is certainly helpful. We saw early in the fourth quarter against Cleveland that while they weren't scoring, Cleveland wasn't either. But eventually something's going to have to break. So when you talk about those things, Michael, obviously taking care of the basketball is important. We saw the Blazers do it in the second half against Cleveland. Um Getting that spark offensively, aside from getting healthy, how much can you really do? Well, there's a lot that can be done, and that's that's why we play the games, yeah. <laughs> so that you can see those adjustments and and how they work. Uh, and and I'm looking and listening to you and thinking about this season and this team. And there's a couple of things that that probably are going to have to happen. One, well, let me rewind the tape. The Trailblazers' offensive struggles are pronounced when they dribble in traffic, when they become stagnant, and then they dribble or pass into traffic. I mean, those areas are kind of highlighted right now. And so how do you generate the spacing to alleviate those situations? Well, you do one of a couple of things. You either play small ball and, and you have five guys moving and cutting, or you develop some type of post game, whether that's DeAndre Ayton or whether you isolate Jeremy Grant because the goal is to try to create double teaming situations yeah. where you put the defense in rotation and it creates space. All right, Michael, you and I, uh, we have a good time. And uh, really, it doesn't matter what's going on. Of course, we want to see the team win. 
We want to see success, but you and I have a good time. I understand that you and Terry Porter uh, have had a good time on the uh, on the pregame show the last couple of games. Uh, the pregame producer, Kyle Bertoza, was talking to me about the the number of three-pointers that Duop Reith has attempted and made in his first three games and how many minutes it took him to do it and how many minutes it took Damian Lillard to put up the same number of threes. And then he brought up Michael Holton, who went by Mike, according to uh, Basketball Reference, and Terry Porter, and how long it took you guys to take that many three-pointers. The game's evolved a little bit, hasn't it? Yeah, it's evolved a lot. And I was so excited when they presented that statistic uh, on the post-game show, I believe it was, because – I've never been mentioned in the same sentence with Terry Porter, Damian Lillard, uh, Duop <laughs> Reed, ever, right? And to hear that my five for 16 to start my career was the same number as Terry Porter uh, to get five for 16. The difference was Terry did it in 15 games and I did it in 35. But <laughs> I was like, that doesn't matter. You, you know, I like that, right? And so it just goes to show you, Travis, that with all of these numbers, stats, and analytics, you sometimes can make the numbers tell a story that is just not true. <laughs> hey, the, the numbers are fact. You can't change facts. You might just change how you approach those facts a little bit. Yeah, perspective. I mean, obviously, Terry Porter was a prolific NBA player, and and I was able to play alongside him for a couple of couple of years, and 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 I am not deceived that that my my caliber of play and career is not on parallel with Mr. Porter. So that was funny. <laughs> there there are few at all. You 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 are uh, you're in good company there. All right, you can hear every Trailblazers game on the Trailblazers Radio Network and on our flagship station, six twenty a.m. Rip City Radio. Curtis Long, myself, Michael Holton will be in there with you, along with the captain, Rich Patterson, each and every night. Michael, as always, man, it is fun. I can't wait to see you on Friday night at Moda. Looking forward to it. Thanks, Travis. All right. We'll see you next time on the Section 113 podcast.